The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 317. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan, like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan, and of course subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage. Just go to brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address and I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class. Got a lot of classes available for purchase, including a new one that's, if you're already a member, you know about. If you're not, you don't have it yet. But anyways, get out there, get on board, get the coupon for the new class because you're going to get the best deal you'll ever get on it if you get on it now. I've also, if you get this before Father's Day, I'm running a Father's Day sale if you're on my email list. So you want that too. You can also support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can go to learntruehistory.com, learntrue, T-R-U-E, history.com. You can support the show that way. It's my affiliate link for Tom Wood's Liberty Classroom. You can buy your Brian McClanahan Show gear at brianmcclanahan.com. Click on the shop tab. You get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. You can get the Think Locally, Act Locally logo, stickers. I mean, there's all kinds of great stuff and great ways to support the show. Of course, rate it wherever you get podcasts, share it around on social media, send me your show requests. I do enjoy all of those things. And of course, by sharing it and liking it and rating it, you're going to get more people listening to it, which is the key to getting the Think Locally, Act Locally message out there. So uh, please do all of those things. It does help expand the audience. And I do appreciate any communication that we have. Again, I may not always respond to your emails, but I do read them. So uh, keep sending them my way. All right. I'm going to talk about a couple of really fun articles. Well, fun for me because I get to make fun of these people. Um, I mean, I, we if you're not on my email list, I've been talking about the stupid files. We really are in stupid times in America. I, I, I am completely blown away by how stupid the 21st century has become. 2020 might go down as the most idiotic year in American history. I, I don't know. I mean, 100 years from now, I don't know what people are going to think. Maybe we're still going to be drinking Brondo at that point, or you know, we've got uh, President Camacho. But, I mean, the, the, the fact is, we really do live in idiotic times. And people are, I mean, their, their stupidity is criminal. So in the last couple of emails, I've sent out some really stupid things that have happened. Of course, today you wake up, there's more stupid things. We've got people tearing down a statue of George Washington in Portland, Oregon. Um, and uh, you can't make up this kind of stupid. Uh, we've got uh, just case after case of people doing idiotic, stupid things. But I want to talk about two particular things that are just really stupid. And you might think that they come from Mother Jones or Think Progress, which is now defunct, or some other Ian Milheiser, some moron out there on the left. But no, no, no. One of these comes from a conservative publication. Now, I talked about this same publication yesterday. 
I'm going to talk about the same publication again today, but a different individual. It's not the Irishman Hilditch. It's now the editor of this publication, Rich Lowry, who has published something completely stupid. He doesn't even get the history right in the piece, but yet Rich Lowry is the voice of conservatism in America. So, I mean, you can't make up these idiots. And on the other hand, you have two peas in a pod. It's not Rich Lowry, but it's Tim Kaine. Now, I've talked about Tim Kaine in the email, but I want to get into what he said because it's so completely stupid that, uh, I mean, it almost, you almost can't come up with words for it, what these people actually say. So let's start with Rich Lowry at National Review, the piece published today entitled, Conservatives Should Feel No Investment in Confederate Monuments. So (laughs) he begins with this. Secession was a traitorous act that threatened to destroy the American nation, and the South's leaders don't deserve to be given a place of honor. First of all, secession was a traitorous act that threatened to destroy the American nation. What American nation? There's no American nation in 1861. There never has been an American nation. That's a complete misnomer. In fact, the founding generation made it clear they were not creating a national government. There was no American nation. This is created... After the war. Uh, I mean, these people don't even realize what they're doing. They don't realize what they're doing. Now, now maybe they do. Maybe this is all a big plot. I mean, you, you see, you know, National Review has always been this mouthpiece for the CIA. But maybe they know what they're doing. But in reality, the, if, if, they, if they are this stupid... They don't realize that by saying you're going to take down George Washington, you're going to take, I mean, by taking down Lee, look, Washington's next. You don't believe us? Just look at what happened in Portland, Oregon. I I laughed at a, you know, Jarrett Stepman is getting credit for this little book he wrote last year, which I talked about on this podcast, uh, saying that, you know, the, the Confederate monuments were the first step. First of all, his defense of Confederate monuments was so bland. I mean, it was boring. But the fact is... He, oh, well, I said, if you take down Confederate monuments, they're going to come up to George Washington. People laugh at me. I said this five years ago. Five years ago. If you followed anything I've done for five years. Now, maybe you're new to this podcast, but for five years, I've been saying this in various forms. Whether it's written, whether it's in podcasting, the show, the, uh, the weekend review at the Abbeville Institute, which I do. I've been saying this for five years. Now, the week we didn't start podcasting in 2016, but regardless... Um, we've been saying it at Abbeville Institute. I've been saying it on the podcast for five years. Five years. It is the ultimate objective. The ultimate objective is to destroy traditional America. And nothing represents traditional America more than Confederate statues. Why? Because when you look at what these people did, they represented the American principle of self-determination. Now, National Review doesn't think so. Cameron Hilditch doesn't think so. The Irishman Brit thinks that he can lecture Americans on what the American tradition actually is. I mean, that's how silly that is. It's, it's criminally stupid again. That anyone won't even listen to the guy. I'm going to start lecturing Irishmen on what the Irish tradition is. I think I'm going to do that. 
and uh, I'm going to try to get it published in Irish publications or British publications. Uh, this is what the Irish tradition is, and so, you know what, this is what you should be doing, Irishman. This is what you should be doing, Brit. This is what the British tradition actually is. Because, I mean, heck, I can, I can lecture from across the pond. Because Hilditch was actually writing from Ireland for, for National Review. So you can't make up, again, this kind of idiotic nonsense. But the fact is, by simply putting forward this position, you are leading to the destruction of traditional Western civilization. It is going to happen. They're not going to stop with Confederate monuments. They're not going to stop with George Washington. They are going to want to destroy every last vestige of traditional America. It has to go. I mean, they've been open about this for years. I'll never forget several years ago, there was a push to get rid of the Declaration and Constitution. Why? Because they're racist documents written by white supremacists. Well, this is exactly what abolitionists said back in the 19th century. The Constitution was racist. Uh, I mean, it's a pro-slavery document. Now, of course, we have the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, unless you're a prisoner. Uh, we've got the 14th Amendment. So, I mean, you could say, well, we've amended it, and uh, by amending it, it's no longer a pro-slavery document. It's true, it's no longer, slavery is not, not legal in the United States any longer, unless you're a prisoner. Uh, but... We, uh, we have a, a constitution that was written by men, many of whom were slave owners, even in the North. In fact, as I mentioned, slavery was ex existed in every single colony slash state in 1776 when the United States declared their independence from Great Britain. The states individually did. When they declared their, their independence from Great Britain, we had... Slavery in all 13 states. This was an act of self-determination, and, of course, the British called it a traitorous act that threatened to destroy the British nation. So we shouldn't honor these people. If we're not going to honor traitors, why do we honor George Washington or Thomas Jefferson? Why not just say, God save the Queen? So Lowry begins. The wave of cancellation sweeping America, Confederate statues have been particularly hard hit. They have been graffitied, assaulted, and torn down while authorities rush to remove them. For his part, President Donald Trump has been a steadfast defender of these statues and other forms of recognition of the Confederacy. He has come out in favor of preserving the names of military bases named after Confederate generals and pointedly said that we should build on our heritage rather than tear it down. Conservatives tend to think the same way. They reflexively oppose politically correct campaigns to destroy anything giving offense. They fear where the slippery slope of woke iconoclasm will lead versus Jefferson Davis, ultimately George Washington. They value tradition and worry we are a trashing part of our history. This impulse, though, was a mistake. Confederate statues and symbols deserve to be reevaluated and often mothballed. I mean, am I reading Mother Jones? Can, can you have a more stupid ally than Rich Lowry? If you're a conservative. What is Rich Lowry seeking to conserve? What is it? Well, he tells you, essentially. It's the 
everlasting glory of the American imperial nation. This is what he's seeking to conserve, the everlasting glory of the American imperial nation. He says it at the end of the piece, and I'll get to that. The statues are an unnecessary affront to black citizens. You shouldn't have to see defenders of chattel slavery put on a pedestal, literally. Well, I mean, was not Thomas Jefferson a defender of chattel slavery at one point? He could have done more to get rid of it. How about George Washington? Was he not a defender of chattel slavery? You could say, well, yeah, but Washington said these things about it. He said we should get rid of it. So did Jefferson. Um, Jefferson had more opportunities than people realize. And I know that he put forward a bill in Virginia that would have uh, potentially gotten rid of slavery, and he said some pretty nasty things about it in the Declaration, which was cut. But you can go across the board and find members of the founding gener generation who defended chattel slavery. In fact, the first instances of the defense of chattel slavery took place in New England, not the South. It is impossible to evaluate these monuments without considering the context of why they were created. Many of them were erected as part of the push to enshrine a dishonest, pretty-up version of the Confederacy. Not, no, no. See, again, these people are buying into a leftist narrative on why these monuments were erected and created. You can go back and read why they were put up. It had nothing to do with a prettied-up version of the Confederacy. Finally, learning to say about Robert E. Lee doesn't require staring up at a 60-foot-tall statue of him on a major Richmond, Virginia thoroughfare. We should make distinctions, of course. Big statues in prominent public spaces erected to make a point about the supposed glories of the Confederacy should be transferred elsewhere, ideally to museums or battlefields. Will they even be safe there? We've already seen what the left wants to do with that. They blow up, they burn down museums, bust in the doors, burn stuff. They, uh, they want to create a, a, a monument hall for these statues, not in their full form, but beaten down and, and broken and uh, blown apart. This is what they want to do. So Lowry, look, Lowry, Rich Lowry is the useful idiot for the left. And he doesn't even see it, so that makes him even worse. He's that stupid. But this should be done lawfully, not by, via mob action. Oh, okay. I'm sure the mob is going to listen to you, dummy. The Confederate flag should be shunned as a symbol of a viciously flawed cause. Yeah, the cause of independence, sure. Should we just flun the U shun the U.S. flag then, too? Oh, well, not the current one, because that's the flag of imperialism. So we're not going to shun that one. Well, we should shun the, like Colin Kaepernick suggested, the original U.S. flag, because that's the flag of a flawed cause. To him, that's the flag of, of uh, slavery and white supremacy. This is why we can't have uh, these Betsy Ross shoes. You see, this is Rich Lowry. You can turn these arguments right back on him. It's, it's not hard to do. Oh, yeah, but uh, th that's not true. That's not true. We, we can say this isn't true. You see, all these morons who call themselves conservatives really aren't. They're not conservatives. They're not seeking to conserve anything of the American tradition. And I'm going to get to where he's wrong in history here in a second. Direct commemorations of the Confederate war dead, obelisks with lists of names, Confederate cemeteries, should be preserved to mark the human cost of a terrible conflict. 
So he's making, well, I mean, these are the things that uh, conservatives can support. Obelisks with lists of names, Confederate cemeteries, yeah. So should we have an obelisk with uh, a list of the hundreds of thousands of Southerners who were buried because of that war? Because of Mr. Lincoln's war? Because he decided to save the Union? Not, not end slavery, but save the Union. The bases are a harder case, since their names have themselves entered the American military tradition. But as a source of those names becomes more widely known, it's always been known, dummy. It's going to be harder to ask African-American soldiers willing to sacrifice life and limb for their country to look past them. Oh, okay. I mean, they've been doing it for, I don't know, a hundred years. I mean... Maybe if we have petulant children running around like Rich Lowry, it might be harder. The, the Richmond Statue of Lee, which Virginia Governor Ralph Northern has said is coming down, has long been a point of contention. It, its 1890 unveiling was a key moment in the creation of the, of the cult of Lee as a man of moral strength and moral beauty, as the speaker put it that day. No, I mean, this is what they said about Lee right after the war. This is what people in the North were saying about Lee right after the war. Not all. Of course, there are some that thought Lee was a traitor and deserved to be executed. And uh, there were those that you know, were very much uh, in favor of a vindictive uh, reprisal to the South. But the smart people said, no, that's a bad idea. Frederick Douglass appropriately scorned this movement. It would seem, he wrote sarcastically, that the soldier who kills the most men in battle, even in a bad cause, is the greatest Christian and entitled to the highest place in heaven. Uh, okay. I mean, do we not do this anyways with other people? Uh, it, that, that quote is irrelevant. The hypothesis of Lee was an element of a lost cause mythology that maintained that the Civil War wasn't truly about slavery, only southern states defending their legitimate prerogatives. Alexander Stevens, the vice president of the Confederacy, would have scoffed at this. In his notorious cornerstone speech in 1861, he said the new government was built on the great truth of slavery. This is what one... Look, I mean, again, I'm not going to get into this. It's what one person said extemporaneously scribbled down, and he said, they didn't really get it right, what I said, in a private letter later. So, now this is the part that's the funniest to me. He says this. The theory of states' rights that the Confederacy used to justify secession wasn't meant to preserve our constitutional scheme, but to demolish it. The theory of states' rights. Just a theory. The idea had been developed by former Vice President John C. Calhoun of South Carolina. So John C. Calhoun developed the theory of states' rights. Well, I can tell you this. If you take my founding father's class, you'll find that John C. Calhoun had nothing to do with the quote-unquote theory of states' rights. In fact, that was the entire premise of the United States in 1776 and was made explicitly clear in ratifying the Constitution that that was not going to change should the Constitution be ratified. Calhoun believed the country had set off on an erroneous nationalist path from the very beginning. Well, it did. The nationalists were the exception. The nationalists were the, were the fly in the ointment. The nationalists were the problem from the beginning. This is true. Besides, the South supported states' rights only to the extent that they were useful in protecting slavery. 
insisted after all on a Federal Fugitive Slave Act. Well, that's because that's in the Constitution. Dope. I mean, look, uh, the, the Supreme Court even came down and said, yeah, I mean, okay, you can't really nullify the Fugitive Slave Law. It's, it's in the Constitution, but you can have it where you don't have to use state resources to round up slaves, which is true. Right? I mean, federal marshals were allowed to go into the states to round up slaves, but you didn't have to use state police and other things to go round up fugitive slaves. So when the South talked about being opposed to states' rights, they were opposed to illegal use of nullification, whereas they said that you know, with the sedition law, and, and look, first of all, nullification is as old as the American cause. They were using it before the war in 1775 to oppose unconstitutional parliamentary acts. They were using nullification. So then he continues, Secession was a traitorous act that threatened to destroy the American nation, a nation that didn't exist following self-determination, which the British would say is traitorous. I mean, what are you, Lowry? Are, are, you, are you this stupid? The problem is that conservatives are going to read this and say, oh, yeah. I mean, because I get emails from these people. What? You're just a traitor. You're just a traitor. You're not really, you're not conservative. You're a traitor. Conservatives were the people trying to save the union. They were conservative. To create a rump republic built on slavery and to make impossible the subsequent rise of the United States to a world power. See, here is the thing. This is all about the everlasting glory of the United States empire. Its leaders don't deserve to begin with place an honor in our landscape denied to worthier men. Confederate statues shouldn't be vandalized, but they should go. Well, I mean, why not just vandalize them then? I mean, come on, Lowry, why stop there? Why should that? I mean, just tear them down then. Beat them up. Break them apart. I mean, why shouldn't they be vandalized? If you're saying these people are traitors, if you're saying these people were just evil because you are, well, why should they even exist in any form? They should just go then. So this is Lowry being a moron, which is par for the course. I mean, Lowry is probably the most idiotic person in American conservative. I don't know. Bill Crystal's right up there. Uh, Rick Wilson and some of the others, they're right up there. They're right up there. So, I mean, look, this piece is just stupid. It's worse than Hilditch's piece because at least Hilditch sounds intelligent. Lowry is showing his stupidity and his ignorance every time he writes something. But I've got to take a quick break. We're going to come back with another moron who should be right in with Rich Lowry. That's Tim Kaine. I'll be back with that in a second. See you then. Let me talk to you for a minute about McClanahan Academy. I know at the beginning of this particular podcast or this video, I talked about McClanahan Academy. But let me go into a little more detail about why I think you should sign up for it and why, and why I created it. First, a little bit about me. I have a PhD in American history from the University of South Carolina, and I've taught in the college environment for 20 years. And I've seen college students get worse over time, the curriculum get worse, and students are being indoctrinated more than educated now in our higher education system, whether it's high school or college. So I wanted a counterweight to that. And this is why I created the McClanahan Academy. Now, first, it's always free to enroll at McClanahan Academy. You sign up, it's free. And I give you a free course, 10 Myths of American History, when you do sign up. So it's a great way to get an introduction to what I do. But I've got eight courses for sale there. 
and more forthcoming. All of these courses are designed to give you the non-PC version of American history, to take the red pill, so to speak. And I've got two courses in particular, my U.S. History Survey courses, which are designed for homeschoolers. So if you're a homeschooler and you want a good curriculum, and uh, my family has homeschooled all of our children from the beginning, and you want a solid history curriculum, that's why I designed the United States History 18, to 1865 and 1865 to present. You've got enough material, you've got lesson plans, you've got uh, tests, you've got reading material, you've got reading seminars, you've got 36 weeks, if you take them, buy them both, you've got 36 weeks of material, and it can be used as a high school history curriculum, or if you're just a lifelong learner, you can use it otherwise. But it's a great way to get a real history education devoid of Marxism and progressivism and political correctness. So sign up at mclanahanacademy.com. That's mclanahanacademy.com. Again, always free to enroll, and I'll see you there. All right, we're back talking about the two peas in a pod assault on intelligence, Rich Lowry and Tim Kaine, Senator Kaine of Virginia, who stood up on the floor of the Senate the other day and said something really amazing. And it shows you how stupid Americans really are because some people, I mean, and his, and his staff has doubled down on this. This makes it even worse. So Tim Kaine, this is from the, uh, from the Washington Times. Uh, and, of course, it's a few days old, but, I mean, it's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. But I want to comment on this because it's so stupid. Senator Tim Kaine is standing by his claim during a speech on police reforms that America created slavery. The Virginia Democrat became a top-trending news item on Tuesday for delivering remarks to his colleagues, although his team was quick to come to his defense. At issue was the politician's following message, quote, The first African Americans sent to the English colonies came to Port Comfort, Virginia in 1619. First of all, they weren't sent to the English colonies by anybody. It was uh, kind of an accident, but anyways. And these weren't the first African Americans who were in North America. We know there were black uh, slaves for the Spanish before this point. They were slaves. They've been captured against their will, but they landed in colonies that didn't have slavery. There were no laws about slavery in the colonies at the time. The United States didn't inherit slavery from anybody. We created it. Well, this is just so stupid. First of all, there were slaves in Jamestown at the time. They were called indentured servants. Now, you can split hairs and say, well, yeah, but they weren't, they weren't slaves. They were given their freedom after a certain number of years. So were these men that were brought in in 1619. They were treated as indentured servants. Not slaves. Not slaves. So it wasn't until much later that you had legal slavery established in the British North American colonies. First in Massachusetts, by the way. Peace continues the hill. The Washington Examiner and other outlets covered the viral social media story. Reporters who questioned the senator's narrative noted that slavery had existed for thousands of years across a multitude of cultures. Uh, I mean, even reporters, as the lowest common denominator in most uh, classrooms, could figure out, uh, wait a second, Kane, uh, that's, um, that, that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, there's been slavery for a long time in the history of the world. So Tim Kaine's Tim Kaine said this. 
There was no law mandating slavery on our shores when African slaves came ashore in 1619. Except they weren't slaves, they were indentured servants, and so we had indentured servant laws, Mr. Kane told the examiner. Did slavery already exist in the world? Of course, but not in the laws of colonial America at the time. We could have been a nation completely without the institution. Wait, 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 we already had indentured servants, and these people weren't slaves. But colonial legislatures and courts and eventually the U.S. legal system created the institution on our shores and maintained slavery until the 13th Amendment. As I said, we didn't inherit it. We chose to create it. I don't even know what to say to this. Uh, it's it just I mean, I'm at a loss for words with the stupidity. The Democrats' comments came against a cultural backdrop in which Black Lives Matter group had protested in cities across the United States. George Floyd, the 46-year-old black man killed during an arrest by Minneapolis police officers in late May, has served as a rallying point for protesters demanding reforms of the policing system. But Tim Kaine. Okay, all that, that last part, I mean, that's a whole other issue. Tim Kaine is making up history. I mean, he's, he's following around, you know, with, is, is, are Rich Lowry and Tim Kaine the same? Absolutely. They're both part of the establishment political class who say stupid things, and people, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Americans who don't know any better, oh, yeah, 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 they just kind of nod along. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, the problem with this is this is going to become a talking point at some point. Somebody's going to use this. Well, America created slavery. This is what, I mean, they're going, to, they're going to run around saying these things. America created it because, you know, we didn't have slavery here before, uh, before this. Um, we did. Tim Kaine conveniently leaves out the first documented case. And I know that, I mean, look, there are going to be people that, because I, I, I did a, a podcast on this too, and I had some trolling comments um, that... Uh, would suggest otherwise. But the, really the first case of a legal slave in Virginia was when an African went to court to enslave another African. It's not the punch case, which is often cited. Well, yeah, but punch because you had these indentured servants and one guy was made a servant, the other guys weren't because one guy was African and the other guys were white. So that was, it was all about race. Well, we don't really know the circumstances there. We don't know anything about it. We just have some statements made about it. So you get to the Johnson issue, and this is where you start talking about legal slavery in Virginia. And it was an African enslaving another African. So it, it had nothing to do in that particular case with race at all. And we know, of course, even the way slaves got here from Africa was because African nations, this is the... This is the, uh, the unknown part of all this for most Americans. African uh, slave-trading kingdoms were acquiring the slaves and selling them to Europeans. Europeans didn't have any access to the interior of Africa. Even in the 18th century, it was very difficult for them. And they tried. They tried to defeat these slave kingdoms, and they couldn't do it. So this is a big, a big topic. And one that needs the context and the nuance to go with it, because if you don't, you get hyper-emotional comments like Tim Kaine, and people are going to look at that, and they're going to run with it and say, oh my gosh, I mean, here you go, this is just this proves all these things. So I think that the real issue uh, here is stupidity. Rich Lowry's stupid. 
He doesn't know what he's doing. He's undermining the entire conservative position defending the West. And Tim Kaine is stupid. The problem, I mean, look, and I'll just go back to the theme of the show. Think locally, act locally. Tim Kaine should be irrelevant outside of the state of Virginia. And if Virginians nowadays, which Virginia's a lost cause, that's the real lost cause, Virginia. If Virginia wants to elect a moron like Tim Kaine, go at it. But Tim Kaine shouldn't affect anybody else. And if we didn't have a national, quote-unquote, national government that could dictate one-size-fits-all policies for the United States, Tim Kaine would be irrelevant. Rich Lowry's position of the everlasting glory of American conservatism, the American nation, if we didn't have an American empire, then Rich Lowry would be very much irrelevant. You see, Virginia could have its statues, or not. I mean, Virginia could take them down. It's happening. I, I said this when Northern, when the Democrats took control of the legislature in Virginia. I said immediately, the first thing they're going to do is take down Confederate statues. Because, you see, that's the only thing they really can do. It's pandering. They're going to pander. It's the only thing they really can do. They're coming down. Why did Virginia go that way, though? Because of local elections. You really want to change America? Get out and vote and make yourself heard in local elections. This is George Soros has figured this out. The left has figured this out more than conservatives have, because conservatives are still running around looking for the everlasting glory of the American empire. People like Rich Lowry. The left have figured this out. Okay. We're going to change. Look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She got very few votes, but yet she's become a quote-unquote national star with like, I mean, barely even 10%, I think, of the, of the electorate of her district voted for her. Now, it doesn't mean there's not a, a larger percentage of the people that support her there, but very few people voted for her. So see, these small local things matter. You've, if you want to be politically active, and it's, it takes a lot more work to do it on a local level because you got to get out and people are going to get upset with you. This is going to be, you have to be a little more aggressive. You have to be willing to talk to people and, and reason with people and actually be engaged in the political process when you're on a local level. You can't just go pull a lever and make a comment on social media. You actually have to do something. But local is where all this is going to change. If you, these, these statues are getting take, taken down in local areas. If you had the people of those areas say, look, we're not going to let any of you idiots into our town to take these statues down, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Most people, though, don't have the time. They're working. Most people that, uh, that don't agree with this kind of activity do things. I mean, they're not, they're not sitting around on social media all day. Uh, or, um, you know, engaging in, in rabble-rousing. I mean, these people, they go out and they work and they do stuff. And uh, they don't, it's hard because you got kids, you got things going on, you got all this, and getting involved in local politics is, is difficult. But if this is what you firmly believe, then you need to do it. And you're not always going to be liked. Your neighbors may not always like you. The people in your town may not like you. I can say this. The founding generation, there were people that didn't like these people. I mean, you go back and look at the stuff that happened. Everything was local back then, and there were some pretty contentious times for these men. They didn't like each other at times. But they understood that that was how politics got done. It wasn't just sitting behind a computer screen and making a few comments. I mean, look, 
I do that. I, I do this podcast, and I, I, you know, I'm snarky at times on social media. I do those things. My effort, though, was to try to get you to, be a, to go out and get engaged, if you really believe these things, and get engaged and try to swing the local in your favor. It doesn't take many people. Local elections oftentimes hinge on 10 votes. It doesn't take many people to do it. Spend your money on trying to keep your little community as a buffer from the insanity that's now facing the United States. That's, I mean, it could be depressing. You know, this has happened in Portland. I don't, in Portland, Oregon? Okay. I don't live in Portland. Those morons could go and take down every statue out there. And you know what? It just shows they're morons. But right where I live, I want to make sure that this little area, my little corner of the globe, is not going through that. And how do you do it? Well, you got to get engaged. So that's my position on Tim Kaine and Rich Lowry, two stupid peas in a pod, one supposedly on the right, one on the left, and they say the same things. Who needs enemies when you have friends like Rich Lowry? Western civilization, who, what, I mean, when, when Western civilization is defended by, like men, by men like Rich Lowry, then it's doomed. It's over. So, anyways, hope you enjoyed this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. I will see you next time. Have a good one. <laughs>